Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so glad that you are here today on this holiday weekend, whether you're joining us online or here in Auditorium One. Uh, maybe you're with us by way of the podcast or by television, or maybe you're in Auditorium Two. So glad that you are with us today. And happy Independence Day. Well, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, just glad that you are here. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Some of us are history buffs and we love to kind of hear and learn some different things about what uh, the history of our nation is. I, I kind of am a bit of a novice at that, but I'm always curious to kind of hear those stories of uh, kind of where we came from and how things started. And it's really fascinating to see those things. One of the things we miss, right? We, we like to talk about the leaders. We talk about the battles. We talk about these different key moments but one of the things I think that really even gets lost, especially when we talk about our own history as a nation, and then especially around the American Revolution, was the incredible role that spirituality of people played, that faith played, and in particular, the power of prayer in the history of our, of our nation and of our country, and especially during those early days of our founding. So what we might not be aware of is that beginning in 1774, on a regular basis, the Continental Congress, and then following that, like George Washington, John Hancock, other leaders, would issue calls of, of fasting and prayer for the citizenry, for the military to pray about the things that they were facing during that time. And it happens all the way through that season of time up until peace is found, the treaty signed, and, uh, and, and our independence is actually realized as a nation. And you see this continual practice. I wanna share just two of those stories with you from 1776. One comes during a season of time when the cannons that had been at Fort Ticonderoga got moved to a place called Dorchester Heights. It looked out over Boston Harbor. And the British were there and they were planning to come and take those cannons. Of course, as you know, through much of the Revolutionary War, we, we were outnumbered. Like, you know that, right? <clears throat> and so this is a pretty meaningful situation right near the beginning of the conflict. This actually happens in March of 1776, so even before the Declaration of Independence. And at that time, General Washington orders this, this call to the troops on, on Thursday, the 7th, being set apart by this province as a day of fasting and prayer and humiliation to implore the Lord and giver of all victory to pardon our manifold sins and wickedness and that it would please him to bless the Continental Army with his divine favor and protection. That's in the King James Version, is it not? <laughs> so it's not real easy for us to read, but when you read it, what do you see there? It was a call to pray. And Washington called the troops to pray in this really difficult situation. What's interesting is that the next day, the next day, there was a storm that came in. It caused the British General Howe to abandon his plans, and eventually they soon evacuated Boston. Isn't that a coincidence? That they would pray on one day and then would see something supernatural that would happen the next. Let me give you another example. Um, one of the, the critical points in the war has to do uh, around New York City. And there was a moment where there were 10,000 troops, there were 400 British ships all out in the New York Harbor, and they were waiting to come and move in 
and attack and take over New York, which of course was, was just a key port, place, city, leadership front all the way around at this juncture as it, as it even still is today. And so there was a point knowing that they were outmanned, that they were outgunned, that, 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 that they were in many ways outhoped, that they issued a call to prayer. It started with the, with the Continental Congress and then the next day, Washington reinforces that, and he says this to his troops, the Continental Congress, having ordered Friday the 17th instant to be observed as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer, humbly to supplicate the mercy of Almighty God. So that's the prayer. God, we can't do this without you. To, 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 he concludes in this way. He says that by their unfeigned and pious observance of their religious duties, they may incline the Lord and giver of victory to prosper our arms. Isn't God the giver of victory? And in that they prayed, there, there was a long season of stalemate because what the British wanted to do was capture New York. What they really wanted to do was decimate this army. Like they wanted to shut this thing down. And on August 27th of that year, it occurred what's called the Battle of Brooklyn Heights, where the British came in. They were able, it's a fascinating thing to read about. They ambush the, 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 the colonists and they come through. They are able to take over New York, but what they really wanted was to wipe out this army. But what's interesting, in, in what in many would call just a move of insanity, Washington and the troops evacuate from New York. And what's interesting, they're able to pull it off because there was this, what's referred to as a thick providential fog that moved in, a very unusual fog that moved in, and as a result, kept them from being seen as they evacuated. What a coincidence. Here's what we know. When we pray, God does things that do not happen when we do not pray. That's not just true in our lives, that's true in the history of our nation. So what we're gonna do, kind of unique on this 4th of July weekend, is if that's true, it's good for us to pray today as well. And so I'm not just sitting in this chair because I'm lazy. We're, we're gonna pray in a bit of a different way today. We, we've invited three different guests to, to help us to pray through some different things. One of them unable to be with us due to some health issues. But what we're gonna do today is we're gonna pray specifically about some things. Here's why. Let me show you three quick like scriptures and some thoughts. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Are you thankful for that promise? That God promises to be the one who will bring his healing when we pray. But it's key, it's when we pray. If my people will pray. Like it's on us to pray. And here's what we see, first kind of thought, is that prayer can bring healing to nations. God says that when we pray, but like we can see stories like this from our own history as a nation. We can see stories from missions. We can see stories from people's lives that when the church prayed, God moved on their behalf and he's done things that literally can bring healing to nations. To take that one step further, look what James says. James chapter five, verse 16. He says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's a cool statement. Like James has been talking here, if you, if you read that passage of scripture, about, about different people who have different needs and what they should do in those moments. And he's just talked about if you need healing in your body, 
that you should ask others to pray with you about that. And he, he's gonna back it up. He says, look, here's what I want you to know about prayer. He says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then I can just see him sitting there going, I wonder if they'll believe me when I say that. Like, because we can say that, but, but we might not always believe it. And he says, I, I know, I'll tell him a story. He, he says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. So just like you and me, Elijah was this single person and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, Elijah prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Isn't that crazy? One dude prays and shuts the faucet off. He prays again and the faucet comes back on. And what, what James is saying here is this guy, Elijah, just a human being like you and me. And he wants you to see this. Prayer is powerful and effective, but the prayer of just one person is powerful and effective. Your prayer is powerful and effective. So as we pray today, and we're, we're gonna do this, kind of four different things we're gonna pray through, I want you to recognize and realize that prayer has the power to change things. It can even heal nations, and your prayer can do that. So what often happens when we have a time of corporate prayer is that somebody leads us, and that's a good moment to check out for a moment. Like you can kind of just kind of, oh, I've been wanting to close my eyes. You ever had that moment? I was in a service not too long ago and this person just kept talking and it was me actually, kept talking and talking. And I was like, I wish they'd just stop talking so I could close my eyes. You ever had those moments? No, you're holier than me. But today, today, like when we pray, will, will you pray? Like literally in agreement with the person that's leading us and believing that God does move on our behalf. Let me show you one other scripture. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here's what he says. He says, the Holy Spirit is gonna work through you. And the reason the Holy Spirit works through you is because when he empowers you, he empowers you to bring Jesus to the world. The Holy Spirit empowers you to be a witness, to do everything he's called you to do. And the purpose is the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring Jesus to the world. And so what we're gonna see today is that if we have been empowered to bring Jesus to the world, then we're gonna, we're gonna move that forward today through our prayers, knowing that just one of our prayers is powerful and effective, and as a result can bring healing even to nations when we look to God and when we pray. That scripture in Acts 1.8 gives us this interesting, I don't know, matrix or paradigm, if you will, where it says that we've been called to, to bring Jesus to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So if you're not familiar with, with kind of uh, geography from the first century, when, when he makes those statements, he, he says, we're gonna start in Jerusalem. That's right where we are. And then Judea, that's kind of the area around us. And then Samaria reaches out to some of the other further borders of where we live. And then the ends of the earth is, is the whole world. So what we're gonna do today using that model is we're gonna pray specifically for those kind of four expanding circles, if you will. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. We're gonna pray for our church, right where we are. We're gonna pray for our community, our Judea, the area around us. We're gonna pray for our country, and then we're gonna pray for the world and pray in those four kind of expanding areas. But if it's okay with you, we're gonna start in reverse and work our way backwards. Is that okay? We're gonna do it anyways. So here's, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna work our way and pray through in that. So we're gonna start today by praying 
for our world. And so to do that, we're, we're gonna talk about missions and reaching people in other parts of the world who do not know or might not even have resource to be able to hear about Jesus. And I want you to hear from someone who has seen this firsthand. And so I wanna introduce to you one of my absolute favorite experts on missions. I feel like I've known him my whole life. Would you allow me some nepotism today? I, I wanna introduce to you Rhonda and I's son, Evan, who is just returning from an assignment in missions overseas. And we're gonna welcome him home today. Hey man. I'll hug you like this is the first time we've done it. And uh, that's awesome. Ev, thanks for, for doing this today. If uh, you're new to Calvary or you don't know, Evan, of course, grew up here in the church and uh, has just returned from uh, what you really feel like God had put in your heart as a very special kind of missions assignment. So why don't you just kind of give us an update and let us know um, why you've been skipping church a lot uh, for, for the last few months. Yeah, um, so for about the past two years, um, spent in Central Africa um, doing missions work there and working with the people um, just to make uh, the glory of Jesus known um, in a new way. And so um, the main thing our team did together was we ran a, a language learning center. And so we taught uh, English and we taught um, French and hope to begin computer classes soon. Um, and, um, but then what I really want to share with you, um, and that Calvary really partnered with us in, is we opened a recording studio, um, which, um, which doesn't seem super exciting, but in a country where there are no recording studios and where there's no music or media available in their native languages, it meant so much more and carried so much more power. And so for us, it was, it was an incredible and really exciting opportunity. And so we began, um, oh yeah, so then this is, um, the main room of the recording studio, and then there's another room um, for uh, where the person would be would be speaking or playing instruments or something like that. Um, and so, um, yeah, so we were going to begin recording music, and as we were, we were presented with an opportunity um, that we never really saw coming. And so about a year ago, um, the Bible was translated into their native language for the first time. Um, and that was amazing and exciting for us, but the problem was that about 78% of the country didn't know how to read. Wow. And so that meant, okay, we gotta do something else too. And so um, we were presented with the opportunity to record and finish um, the recording of the Bible and were able to finish it um, and essentially create the first Bible that so many people were um, able to access and able to be available to them. And I want to say thank you, especially to Calvary um, and to you and for all your prayer and encouragement. And it, it just meant so much. And none of this would have been possible without it. Um, Calvary was able to donate most of the equipment that was used here. Um, and just want to say thank you so much for making it possible to allow the Bible to be available to millions of people for the first time in history. So, so this is, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talk quite often about how preparation will precede blessing, that oftentimes God challenges us, hey, you, you, you start taking that step and watch what I do. And watch how missions works. I just, I just love this, that God puts in the heart of Evan and his team 
to build this studio because there's no place to make that kind of music for the church in that world at the same time that this Bible translation kind of gets finished for people who didn't have it in their own language, but most of them can't read. So once this studio is there, God lines that up with the fact that they need to do an audio Bible and they come knocking on their door. And the reason that that's possible is because people in Toledo are giving on a regular basis to missions and all that comes together and God accomplishes above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. Isn't that awesome to see how he does that and works that in our lives? So cool, so cool. So very, very different world that you've lived in uh, for the last season of time. I think we've got a picture here. Uh, do, you wanna, do you wanna fill us in on what's, yeah. what's going on? Your good looks, are those hereditary? Like where, where does that, Never mind. that's another subject, but go ahead. And... Depends who you ask. Um... <laughs> wow, hey, it's been good. Would you give Evan a hand here today? <laughs> Um, no, this is, so this is right outside the place I was living, and, um, and then moto that drove around that, uh, a lot of people there drive those around and, um, makes traffic crazy and no rule, uh, road rules, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, kind of fun. You're on your dad's insurance, okay? So just, this is just so we understand that. You know, one of the things that people tell us so often is when we, when we hear from missionaries and almost to the point that I think we can tune it out, is they'll say, hey, how important it is that you pray for us while we're in a different country, while we're living in a different place. You know, you, oftentimes when, when we have a missions guest, they, they have a prayer card that you can take. Now that you've been on the other side of that, is that prayer as important as they say? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't count the amount of times that I have looked back at an encounter experience that may have been uncomfortable or even dangerous and just known it was prayer that got me through it and prayer that um, whether it was the right person showing up at the right time or something else happening that just helped me get out of um, that specific moment. And yeah, absolutely crucial to everything. And I wanna thank you for not sharing a lot of those dangerous situations with us until you came home. And uh, yeah, that was meaningful. <laughs> you've, you've been on the other side of it now, right? I mean, since you were like eight years old, you had felt like God had put in your heart to someday be involved in missions. Um, but now you've, you've seen that and you've served alongside of some really gifted leaders. You've been a part of a really important team in what they're doing. And so now you're back and we talk about missions a lot but now that you've seen it from the other side, what, what do you wish that we knew about missions and missionaries that maybe you didn't fully realize before you went? What, what would be good for us to know from what you've seen? Yeah, um, I'd say if you're anything like me growing up in the church um, or just seeing missionaries come and share and people um, come and just talk about what they're doing, I think we often get this idea of like what a missionary is and it's often um, kind of like this very specific thing, whether it's um, they go and they build churches or they go and they preach the gospel to people or maybe they go and do translation work or something like that. Um, but I find it interesting that in scripture, when it talks about missions, um, well, really it doesn't. It never uses the word missions. It never uses the word missionary. Um, that's a kind of a concept that we made up but I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that the Bible doesn't give us a guideline on what it means to be a missionary or what it means um, to be in missions. But the Bible does give us guidelines and instructions on what it means to follow Jesus. 
and I don't think there's a difference between the two. Um, and so when Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, he wasn't talking to the few. He wasn't talking to just Peter and John. He was talking to all of his disciples. He was talking to all of his followers. And I believe he's talking to all of us. Um, that, that missions isn't just something that, that a couple people get involved in and everybody else stays behind. Instead, missions is something that, that we, I believe, are all called to. And Jesus called us all to it by saying, go to the whole world and take the gospel to it. Um, and so... Um, I believe that missions is not a, a calling for the few of us, calling for the few people that decide to go to the other side of the world, but a missions is, is a responsibility for all of us. Mm. And that, um, that following Jesus and missions are one and the same. And, and so by saying that, I know where I would probably normally go to and think, well, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, I'm not going to be the one to go build churches. I'm not going to be the one to go preach in front of tons of people. But the interesting thing about being there and seeing so many people doing different things and hearing of people's past experiences in different places, um, just hearing about how people went to do missions, but they didn't build a church. They didn't, they didn't preach the gospel. They opened a coffee shop or they opened a pizza restaurant or they opened a place to, um, for rock wall climbing or, or anything like that. Like, there were some ridiculous things that people did. Even one guy just made paintings, but he was able through that to reach a whole community of people that no one else could. And, and so missions isn't, isn't just preaching the gospel or building churches. Missions is taking whatever God puts in your hands and using it for his glory. And, and so, but God said, go to the whole world with the whole gospel. And if you ask me, the deserts of, of Africa or the rainforests of Peru are just as much of the world as Maumee and Salido and Perrysburg. And so mm. missions isn't something that a few of us do. Missions is something that all of us are called to. And it's not a matter of we have to wait for, for God to come and give us this huge and extravagant calling to get us to go somewhere crazy and do something absurd. Um, instead, it's something that God has already called us to, and he's just waiting for us to obey it. Wow. So, so <clears throat> I'm going I'm to spring one on you. It's just a, it's just a warning. Um, so if, as you're saying that, somebody's watching this, sitting in this room, I mean, in the hundreds of people that are taking this in right now, there's bound to be somebody who's saying, God, are you talking to me? What advice would you give to someone who's wondering if God is talking to them about taking a step to share him with others, whether it be in the context of their everyday job or maybe it's leaving where they're at to go do something on the other side of the world? Um, I would say that it's not, I would say yes, God is talking to you, but it's not a new thing that Jesus said go into the whole, like Jesus has already called us. And so he's, he's, he's put that there in his word and he's just reminding you again. And in that, um, that you already have that calling and he's just reminding you that, that I chose you. Whether you can't preach, whether you can't do whatever you think you can't do, um, God has put something in you and he's called you to it. And he's just reminding you that he's chosen you and reminded you that you have a potential to reach people that no one else on this earth can. Wow. 
Would you lead us in prayer for our world? And I think in prayer for, we're, we're praying for missionaries, we're praying for nations, we're praying for churches in different places. And even for, for us, that God would allow the calling that he's put in our lives, every one of us, that responsibility for souls and to see our world as a mission field, that we'd have the courage and the, the spirit empowerment to do that. And so as Evan leads us, would you, uh, would you not pray passively, but would you pray actively? And uh, let's believe together as you lead us. Yeah, God, we thank you for today. And Lord, we thank you um, for the world that you've put around us. We, Lord, we thank you for the people that you've put in our, in our bubble, in our world, and the people that we know. But Lord, we thank you for those that we don't and for those, Lord, that you love more than um, we could know. And Lord, we just ask for areas of this world that are in conflict or in political unrest or in violence or in war, Lord, we ask that you would bring peace and we ask, Lord, that you would bring joy and, Lord, we ask um, that you would give people the heart and love and the passion, Lord, to serve these people that are hurting and to reach the people that no one has reached and to love the people in isolation, to love the people that don't have access um, to the the necessities of life. And, Lord, we... um, Lord, we thank you um, that we can know above all that you are faithful and that you are strong and that you are good. But Lord, we ask that you would help us not do that passively, but Lord, that you would help us to take that knowledge and to take that truth and use it, Lord, to change our communities, to change those people around us, Lord, to love the people around us in a way that we never have before and maybe in a way that we never thought we could. Lord, that you would allow your love to move through us and reach those around us, whether that's Mommy in Perrysburg or whether that's a desert somewhere or a rainforest or... Um, somewhere across the world, Lord, we know you love um, your children the same. And we, Lord, we know that, um, that we are beyond blessed and beyond, um, we've experienced your grace beyond our knowledge. Um, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to know you in such a true and real way. And Lord, we ask that you would help us give that opportunity to those around us and give those opportunities to to the people across this world. Um, And Lord, we thank you and we love you. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. So so you're back from uh, your assignment and adventure and uh, what's next? Your mom's been asking, what's next? Uh, Yeah, um, so next steps is I'm planning to go to Ohio State uh, University in August. the the Ohio State yeah 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 but um, yeah and so we'll plan to get my undergrad and then hopefully afterwards go to med school um, and pursue medicine and hope to take um, that knowledge of medicine and bring it to the people that do not have access to medical care across the world. Well, your church is proud of you. And your dad is proud of you. And uh, thank you so much for not only being obedient to what God has called you to, but for sharing this with us today. Kyrie, one more time. Would you thank Ev for his time today? Good buddy. Thank you. It's a good thing that kid's got a good mom. Okay, let's, let's transition, right? We're praying through our circles. We started praying for the world. We're gonna move in now and pray for our nation. And as we do, 
um, where we wanna pray specifically just for the next few moments has to do with kind of a cultural moment that we're in. And if there's anything that uh, kind of is at the, the, the tip of what people are thinking and wrestling with in our nation right now, it's the decision the Supreme Court made recently to overturn Roe versus Wade. And I wanna talk about that for just a couple of moments um, because for many of us, we have prayed, we have stood for life. And so when that decision was made, we praise God for that. And we were thankful for that. But I also know that in a room this size and with our online audience, with those that are watching, not everyone who is watching this, not everyone in this room agrees and has the same thoughts on this issue. In fact, we'd be saying the truth to say this is a very contentious political issue, true? And I even know that just bringing it up is, is a pretty complex thing because whenever, whenever there's something like this that we talk about, somebody's gonna come up afterwards and say, I can't believe that you talked about that and went that far. And then somebody else is gonna go, I can't believe that we talked about that and that you didn't take it farther, right? So, like there's a, so how do we view this? Right, because as followers of Jesus Christ, like, look, here's, here's what I want to talk about for a moment is, is not this topic as a political agenda, but how do we talk about it as a concern for the unborn? How do we talk about it, what it means biblically for those of us? And if we're in this moment and God's called us to pray, how do we pray for our nation? So, so let me give you just a couple of thoughts. Here's how we're gonna pray today. Here's the first one. We pray to be a nation that values life. We pray to be a nation that values life. Like, I think this is critically important as we think about this. No matter how you view what happened with the Supreme Court, the overturning of Roe was based largely on a constitutional technicality, not so much a matter of a cultural morality. And in this moment where we want to be as followers of Jesus Christ is people who value what scripture says to us about the life of the individual born or unborn. Here's how the Bible says it, Psalm 139 verse 13 says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What the psalmist tells us is that life begins in the womb. That life begins with conception, and it's not just the psalmist, it's science that tells us that. I mean, we see this in, in different ways, we see this in different places. So what we see is that we want to be a nation, we want to be a people who value life and value what scripture says to us about life. But can we take this one more step? When we talk about valuing life, it's important to realize we're not just talking about babies, like when we talk about valuing life, we're talking about valuing every life. Look, look, this is what James says. James chapter one, verse 27 says, if you really want to be someone who's following Jesus, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, <clears throat> to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He says, you wanna show your religion, value life and value every life. So that means that we stand for life with the unborn. It also means that we care for and love the single mom. It also means that we grieve and have compassion when children die in a school shooting. It means that we stand with the aged 
It means that we're there to grieve with the mom who looks back on the, the decision she made towards abortion, and that's a point of grief in her life. It, it's a matter of we look at every life and see the value that it has because every life has been made in the image of God, true? Amen. So what that means is, as a church, we say we value life. We're not just pro-birth, we value life. So that takes it to one more step then, in what we're gonna pray to be a nation that values life, but we also wanna pray to be Christians that love. We wanna pray to be Christians that love. What do you mean, Chad? Well, what did Jesus say? He said, they will know you are my disciples by your love. What's our calling card? Our identity is supposed to be that people look at us and see if those people are followers of Jesus, and again, I'm, I'm talking to those of us that would, would say that we're, we're a part of the church, we're Christians here today. Like it, People would look at us and say, oh, they should know that we are Christians by the way that we love others. And yet, if you look at our culture today, if you look at our world, do you think that many people outside of the church naturally connect the words Christians and love right now? In many places, that's not the case. So if people look at Christians and love isn't what comes to mind, then maybe we have an issue of identity because Jesus said our identity would be shown by our love. Not that we don't stand for truth, and not that we don't live a life that's righteous, but ultimately what people should see in our lives is love. Not just that rage, not just that kind of vitriol, but that even when we stand for truth, what comes out in that process is, is love. And then scripture, I think, also would encourage us that we not only pray to be a nation that values life and to be Christians that love, but also we pray to be a people that turns to God. Like, that's where it has to start, that we are people who turn to God and look to him in these moments of our lives. What was that scripture we read? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 tells us that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. That, that's turning to God and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's repentance, that's turning to God. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Where it starts, where it begins, is when we're willing to say, God, we need you. We don't have it all figured out. In fact, we've messed up quite a bit, true? And God, what we need as a people, what we need as individuals, and God, what we need as a nation is to repent and to recognize who you are and that we turn to you. So, so many times I'll hear people say, oh, I'm praying for revival, oh, I'm praying for revival. And often when they say they're praying for revival, what they're praying for is a little quiver in their liver, right? Do you know what I mean? You know what kind of revival I wanna see? I wanna see the what happened to them revival so that when people go to work or when people go to the family reunion or when people interact with you in the store, people that, that knew those people will look at them and say, what happened to them? Because they're different, something changed. And what changed was that Jesus changed their life. But you know where that will start? <laughs> it will start when God's people turn to him. And so that's how we're gonna pray for our nation today. We're gonna pray that we'd be people who turn to God and Christians who love so that we can be a nation that values life and so God can heal our land. And so would you pray with me today? Father, we come to you. And Lord, we thank you for the United States of America. And on this Independence Day weekend, Lord, we thank you for our freedom. And we thank you for our spiritual heritage. Because Lord, there's so many parts of the world where that, that just isn't the case. But Lord, you've blessed us with your favor and you've given us freedom. 
And Lord, would you help us to be good stewards of that? And Lord, in so many ways as a country, we've turned our backs on your truth. And so today we turn to you. Lord, we repent of our national sins. And God, we repent of the ways that we've looked to everything but you. And Lord, as your church, we turn to you today. And Lord, we pray today for our leaders. As your word says, we pray for our president and the Congress and the Supreme Court. Lord, we we pray for those that lead on a federal and a state and a local level. God, that you would guide them. Lord, that even from within your church, you would raise up godly leaders. And Father, you would would surround our leaders with people who would speak words of life and words of truth. And Lord, we pray that as your people, we would be known as people who love. God, that even as we stand for truth, even as we hold the, the principles of scripture, God, that first and foremost, we would be seen as people through whom the love of Christ it comes through and, and, is, and is shared with others. And Lord, that we would live in a land where there's a culture that values life, that every life, born or unborn, is valued and matters and is made in the image of God. Lord, your word says that you can heal our land. And so with humility and repentance, we turn to you today. And on this Independence Day weekend, we ask for you to bless the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're, we're praying in these circles, right? So we've prayed for the world and we've prayed for our country. Let, let's take it one more step and we wanna take a moment and we want to pray for our community today. So I wanna invite Leah Loran to come and join me on the platform. Will you welcome Leah as she comes today? That was a good high five, yeah. You don't get the same hug as Evan, but we'll, okay. we'll, we'll have a holy high five and that'll be, uh, that'll be perfect, awesome. Perfect. If you don't know Leah, Leah serves as our serve director and gives leadership um, to our life groups, but also to everything that we do, both globally in missions and locally uh, reaching our community. And uh, Leah, thanks. We often talk about loving the 419. Do you hate the 567? Is that, is that the- No, but I was also thinking the 734s, they're so close. Yeah, yeah. Just over the border. We love all you guys yeah. too. But we focus on the 419, not just because that's kind of a little bit of our identity, but also because we found a cool Bible verse. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bible backed us up. So yeah, 1 John 4, 19, uh, we talk about this often, but we love because he first loved us. And, you know, so often many of us were uh, in places where we were unlovable, <laughs> but he loved us before we even knew how to love him back. And so we get to be that uh, with skin on in our community every day. So we'll, we'll talk in just a moment about Serve Week that's coming up, but we, not just once a week, a year, do we reach out and, and serve our community, but this is something that happens on a regular basis. So talk to us a little bit about how kind of day in, day out on a regular basis, God is working through the, the people at Calvary Church to reach, reach our community. Yeah, Avery, when I was thinking about this, it kind of took me back to when we started really uh, making an effort and saying, like, we're gonna choose to focus on this and... Um, Probably one of my very first meetings with someone in our community, I had driven to a school 
and was meeting with the principal and was just kind of like, hey, how can we love you? And what happens here? And what are your needs? And she started telling me stories of kids who um, don't have parents. Maybe the parents are literally gone or they're just not engaging with the kids or with their school. Uh, and there's kids who are sleeping on the floor and there's kids who don't have electricity in their house. And there's kids in third and fourth grade who still can't read. And I just remember sitting there being fairly overwhelmed, but not because of the problems, like, but because for many years I was a missionary in South Africa and I would fly 16 hours to get to a country where these were the same problems. Mm. And now I had driven 16 minutes down the Anthony Wayne Trail to hear a teacher and principals tell me that these same problems are happening. And it just really struck me that like we, I mean, we can, we can move to Africa, it's a great idea, but there are tons of things right here in our own community um, that either sometimes we're not aware of or sometimes we choose to pretend like we're not aware of, and how can we just love these people and meet them where they are? And so we have that opportunity, and there's ministries that happen kind of day in, day out through Calvary, but the, the big kind of uh, focus of this next month is Serve Week, which comes up in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, and so Serve Week is really a unique opportunity because it gives us a chance as a church to literally all come together and to go into a community. Um, Serve Week has looked different the last couple of years to kind of, we had to make some alterations to fit it into a pandemic world, um, but we're going old school. We're going back to 2019, if you can remember that far back. Um, so if you're newer to Calvary, it will look a little different, but we basically adopt a community. And so this year we're adopting the Springfield Holland area, awesome. partnering with the Springfield schools, and then just doing a lot of different projects in their community to love with no strings attached. And so uh, we do everything from uh, getting our hands dirty and doing landscape all the way to adopting uh, the laundry, the laundromat and just doing people's laundry and paying for their laundry, which really confuses them a lot. Like, yeah. wait, why are you, you're like literally putting quarters in for me? And they always want to know why, like, are you selling laundry detergent? I think they think we like have our own yeah. brand. Yeah. And we're like, no, we just want to do it because we love you. And um, a lot of times they don't like that because it's been a long time since someone just said, hey, can I, how can I help you with no strings attached? But some of the conversations that have come out of all, all of these things, but even the laundromat is just kind of a, a, a wild thing to see. There's people out there right now that are like, if I go that week in July, they'll pay me to wash my comforter. You know, <laughs> they're thinking that. That's true. You bring that. your comforter on down. We'll know it's you. But I think those conversations are so interesting because not only is it our conversations with people in the community, which happen the whole week and are always just so crazy, the stories you hear by the end of the week, but also it's our conversations with each other. And so, man, I really encourage you, if you are newer to Calvary and have been trying to find out, like, how do I get connected or how do I, you know, get to know some more people, it's also a great opportunity for that um, because you spend a lot of time next to each other, like painting a wall or putting in mulch yeah. and uh, you get you get sweaty together and then you can, you know, be friends. <laughs> yeah, awesome. This is our ninth year to do this, which is fantastic and a great opportunity, whether it be a, a life group or or a family to kind of come out and be a part of this. Yeah. On the way out, we've got little books out there for you. I brought one up to show you so you can grab one of these. Talks about our projects and how you can sign up. You can go online to our events page um, and all the information's there. All you got to do is just pick a day that you want to come out and it's always in the evening for the whole week of the 18th and then let us know what project you want to do. Uh, we've got some guidelines that kind of give ages to help people make a decision. But yeah, if your life group wants to come and serve together, it's a great way to really bond together as a group. And so that's, that's Monday through Friday, the week of the 18th, that you can come out and just go out to our website, sign up, pick a day, pick a time, pick a, a project, and then something special on Saturday as well. 
Yeah, last year we did many mission trips, and so this year we have one going to Defiance. And if you have felt some of that stir that like Evan was talking about, or maybe you have felt the Lord knocking on your heart and saying, hey, uh, I've got some big things for you, and you're like, uh-uh-uh, I'm cool, mm-mm-mm. Um, it can be really scary to take that first step. And so this is a great way to kind of like dip your toe into missions and try it. It's just a day. You come here and then we go on a bus together and go to work with the church in a community that is loving their community all year long. And so we just kind of get to go and give hands to them and make it to be extra. So it's awesome. That's awesome. So if people want to get involved and sign up, just go out to the website and uh, that's where you jump in. Well, we want to take some time and pray for our community today. We want to stop and, uh, and do that. So Leah, would you, would you lead us, not just praying for Serve Week, but praying for our region. And again, as, as she leads us, uh, don't, don't just check out and uh, maybe think through what time you need to leave for the fireworks, but uh, instead, would you, would you pray and uh, just believe that God's going to move in our community? The thing I want to just encourage us is that really my heart for us as a church is like, if we were to ever leave, if we were to not be here, that the city, that our neighbors would notice and that they wouldn't say, man, like those people made a difference in our community. So as we pray, just think about the place that you feel the Lord might have plugged you in. Think about the place where he has planted you. I really believe that each and every one of us, whether it's your neighborhood or your job or your kid's school, you are there for a reason. And so let's pray for that. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us each and every day to love the 419. Lord God, there are people all around us who do not know you and who do not have a chance to have a life-changing relationship with you. And so specifically for Serve Week, Lord, I just pray that you would open doors, that you continue to allow things to align. Lord, that you would allow us to work in just the right place at just the right moment. I pray for each and every conversation that will be had, Lord, that divine appointments will be will take place, Lord, and that lives would be changed, Lord, but that at the end of the day, that your name would be glorified. And Lord, I pray for, for just what we do in the community each and every day. Lord, I pray for each person who's listening to this, maybe here in this room or online, Lord God, that you would just put a burden in their heart for someone that's in their world. Lord, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's someone that they cross paths with at work. Lord, but that you would allow us to just see them with your eyes, that you would help us to lose that fear or any of those hindrances that might be holding us back and allow us to just speak truth, Lord, to share and be a witness of the things that you've done in our life. Lord, we give you all these things. We praise you for what's happening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, Leah, thanks to you and your team for what you do to lead us. Can we thank and show our appreciation today? Awesome, all right. Okay, one last circle. So we've prayed for the world, we've prayed for our country, we've prayed for our community. And now we wanna pray for our church for a few moments. Have you ever had those times? Like, like I, hope, I hope you like, have some kind of rhythm in some way in your life where you pray regularly for your family. You, you pray for the situations that you face. But have you ever had those times where you just go, I really feel like we, we need to pray something extra right now. Like oftentimes we'll talk about prayer and fasting. Like it's a season of time where you go, there's a decision that we're making or there's, there's a situation we're facing or we're in this, this season in the life of our family, our kids, the job, whatever it is, and God, we're seeking you with some more intensity. So it's not just the, the regular way that you pray, but it's when you pray with some intensity. Anybody ever been there? Like the this, this story in Ezra chapter eight, like last week we talked about 
um, exile, right? And we talked about how God's people were yanked out of their homes in Judea and Israel and taken away to Babylon. And that was this kind of 70 year period. At the end of this, the Jewish people start leaving Babylon and kind of migrating back to Israel, to Judea, to Jerusalem. And during one of those times, a guy named Ezra, you read about him, there's a book of the Bible named after him. Ezra is leading a whole crew of these folks from Babylon out of exile back to Jerusalem. And this is a pretty big deal. It's a dangerous journey. It's an unknown one. They don't even know what they're gonna find when they get there. They've been sending text messages. Nobody's answering. Like all this is happening, right? And so what happens then in Ezra chapter eight, verse 21, we read that Ezra says, Ezra 8, 21, he says, there by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Ezra says, hey guys, this is one of those times where I really feel like we need to specifically pray because we really need God's help right now. So we're gonna humble ourselves and say, God, we need you. And we're gonna fast and we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe that God will guide us. Ultimately, they were praying for God's presence to be with them. And I feel like we're in one of those seasons as a church as well right now, where we're saying, God, will you help us? Not, not just because of everything in the last two years, not just because of where we find ourselves right now, but just, Lord, would you lead us? Would you help us to know what you have in store for us as a church? Because ultimately what we wanna see is souls saved. We wanna see people come to know and experience the life change that only comes through Jesus Christ. So we say, Lord, would you, would you help us to see that happen? God, would you provide for your church? God, would you bless those that serve on our board, those that serve in leadership, those that are on our pastoral team? And God, will you raise up new leaders, both within our staff and within the church? I think you know that many ways we're in some seasons of key transition. That's exactly what Ezra was praying for. Part of his prayer was, God, would you raise up those who will lead us on this journey? And pray this prayer and say, God, will you help us? And I feel we're in a place like that as a church as well. You might feel like you're in a place like that for your family. There are seasons where I think God says, this is a good time for us to stop and to pray, maybe even to call a fast. Here's what I would like to invite you to do. For about the next six months, right, as we go through the rest of this year, would you maybe build into your schedule once a month that you not only would, would give some specific prayer for the church, but would you fast and say, well, what do you mean by fast, Chad? Well, I don't, I don't have time to, to, to do a real teaching on fasting, but I can do some fast fasting teaching here. And what it means is you set something aside whether it be food or whatever it might be for a season of time to say, God, I set this aside, not just in sacrifice, but Lord, to know that as I set that aside, instead I'm putting that time, that effort, that energy into seeking you. And I'll tell you this, I know that in my life, I don't think I have ever fasted that I have not seen God move on my behalf as a result. And I know this, that things happen when I pray that do not happen when I don't pray. So maybe once a month, would you just join me? Maybe you just go, well, the third Monday of every month or every month on the 17th or, or I'm gonna do this in this way and just join in fasting in some way and praying specifically for the church. Why do this, Chad? Because it works. Ezra chapter eight, verse 31, 10 verses later, on the 12th day of the first month, we set out from the Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem and the hand of our God was on us and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. And I wanna pray and believe that the hand of our God is gonna be on our church and our families and on our lives. Anybody else? 
So would you stand with me? And we're gonna pray together today for our church. Our worship team's gonna come and lead us in, in, a, in a couple of songs that will become our prayer today for our church as well. And believe that God is gonna lead us in this season as we trust in him. Father, we come to you today. Lord, thanks for this, this, this morning that we've been able to pray and Lord, as we've prayed for the world and for our nation and for our community, we even bring it down and we pray for Calvary Church today. Lord, we ask that you would lead your church. And Lord, we ask that on a, on a daily basis, we would see people whose lives are changed, that we come to know Jesus better and that people would come to know Jesus for the first time, that you would bring salvation and that you'd bring deliverance. And God, that on this weekend, we pray that you'd bring freedom Lord, we ask that you would provide for your church, not just in finances, but Lord, that you would raise up leaders, that you would stir in each one of us to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, we thank you for 70 years of your faithfulness to this church. But Lord, we can't help but believe that you're not done. And Lord, that you're just getting started in the ways that you wanna use this body of believers to impact the world. And so Lord, we give this church to you we ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us, not for our sake, not for Toledo's sake, but God, for your sake, that you would be lifted up and that as you are, that people would be drawn to you and to know the life change that only comes through Jesus. But God, we can't do it on our own. And so our prayer today is very simple. Lord, we need you. We need your help. We need your strength. God, we come to you today. And Lord, we pray that you would be with us. God, we need you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I come and I confess I'm bowing here, I find my rest. And without you, fall apart you're the one that guides my heart Lord I need you oh I
lies to you When temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand I'll fall on you And Jesus you're my hope and stay So teach my song to rise to you Temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay And when I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and
close to the Lord. Almighty, nothing as sweet as your love. In mercy, nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty, nothing as sweet as your love. So we sought an awesome God today for our world and for our country, for our community, for our church. But let's, let's, let's pray one more time and let's bring it right down to for us. Because anytime we come into a place like this, if you're like me, I'm, I'm here and there are things in my life where I'm going, God, I need you to be awesome on my behalf. God, there's a place where I need you to step in. And so we're gonna pray and we're gonna, we're gonna sing this song and pray together today. And so here's the thing, you might be here and you might go, God, I need you to be awesome in this way. I don't know how to handle this situation with this wayward family member. God, I don't know what to do about this health crisis. I don't know where the provision's gonna come from. I don't know how this relationship's gonna get fixed. I don't know what to do with this job. You know where it is for you and whatever it might be. If you've got something heavy in your heart, in this room, watching this somewhere, and you would say, God, I need you to be awesome in my life. God, I need you to respond in an awesome way to this, this thing that's in my heart. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, maybe even both right now, and would you just begin to say, God, I need you to be awesome. God, I'm trusting you in this. God, I'm putting this in your hands. Lord, in the same way that we have prayed for nations and for our nation and for our world today, God, we come to you and we pray for our families and we pray for our finances. We pray for our health. Lord, your word says that prayer is powerful and effective, that one person's prayers can change nations. And so, God, we pray. Lord, we bring these things to you. We ask that you would work, that you would move, that you would do miracles, God, that you would do things that we can't even begin to ask or imagine because, God, there's no one like you. God, there's no one like you. God, we put our hope in you. We put our confidence in you because nothing compares to you. So we trust you today. We give these situations to you. God, would you show yourself to be awesome? comes close to the Lord. Almighty, nothing as sweet as your love. And mercy, oh, nothing comes close to the Lord.
so Lord today we just say you're awesome God thank you for the way we know with confidence that you work in our lives thank you for these moments of prayer today that we don't doubt are powerful and effective and so Lord for our world our nation our our community our church and even in our own lives God on this Independence Day weekend we thank you that we know that prayer changes things and so Lord we thank you for your presence thank you for always celebrating the freedom you've given to us as we go from here we ask that you would send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace and we ask this in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.